Well, hello, and thank you for joining us for another podcast of the Gospel Rescue Mission. Today's audio comes from our Mission Live broadcast, which you can watch on YouTube or on Facebook live every Monday from 9 to 10. Um, Or you can just continue to listen and check out the audio that we've stripped off just for you here on the Mission Podcast. All right, so we invite you to listen. Did we make it to another Monday? Here we are. Thank you for watching Mission Live. This is the show about all things having to do with homelessness, everything about what's going on on the West Coast, what's going on about what needs to change, how do we get there. Uh, We give you local stuff. We give you everything around the, the U.S. about homelessness, and we actually talk to people who have been changed, whose lives have been changed from homelessness, who, who were once homeless and now aren't anymore. In fact, today, we have got two of our current residents here at Mission Live, and uh, boy, they're going to be telling a little bit about their stories, what's going on with them. Uh, they're going to talk about their stay at the mission. They're going to tell you how awful it was and, and you know how bad we've been to them and, and all that good stuff. Um, no, it, we're going to have a great time together and just get to visit. So, uh, so stick around. You're going to want to pay attention. All right. And uh, all that said today, what else are we covering today? We're covering a couple of news articles. We are doing our book review, uh, which is The Failure of Nerve by Edwin Friedman. And uh, we'll be talking about rule number seven. You'll have to stick around rule number seven. It's quite the sticky one. And, um, you know, all the other good things that go on here at the Gospel Rescue Mission. Well, with that said, let's get to talk of the town and what's going on in the news. Um, so today's first news article comes from Seattle, um, and it says the title is "The Many Many Homeless Find uh, P- Excuse Me Many Homeless Decline Shelter Offers by City of Seattle." New report finds the new data it says uh, shows that more than half of all homeless people who were offered shelter by the City of Seattle last year did not accept the offers. According to a report by Publicola, according to the report, the data presented during the meeting of the Seattle City Council Committees on Public Assets and Homelessness last week, the city's Homeless Outreach and Provider Ecosystem, or HOPE, um, team referred 1,072 people to the shelter in or to a shelter in 2021, but less than half, less than half, 512 people accepted the offer and stayed at a shelter for at least one night. Uh, one says, uh, We can't overrule someone's decision to decline shelter. Michael Bailey says, This deputy director of the city's human services department, I always kind of wonder, why? Why can't you? You do that when you're putting somebody in jail, but Okay, anyways, uh, so he says he said during the meeting, we, but we can work with the individual to better understand their unique needs and the factors contributing to that decision. Under the city's now defunded and replacement navigation team, uh, approximately 25% of those referred to the shelter, to a shelter actually took up the offer, uh, officials said. 
It's hard to know exactly why, Jeff Sims, an analyst for the city of Seattle staff, said during the meeting, it could be the better matching. It could be that we're offering better shelters. Jennifer, who didn't want her last name to be published publicly, had been homeless for the past two years. She lived in an encampment on Seattle's Crown Hill for the past several days. She's never stayed in a shelter, and she told KMO News on Wednesday, uh, excuse me, KOMO News on Wednesday, that she'd been she'd likely never go because of the negative connotation that comes with them, the requirements and the unknowns over how long she'd get to stay, she added. Shelters have a negative connotation behind them, she said. It's always been the shelter for battered women or a shelter for abuse or a shelter for Alcoholics Anonymous. It's always something negative backing it, so it sounds like another rehab or another scary negative thing that we're going to feel guilty about and people are going to uh, look down on us. The fear of shelter also stems from being alone, Jennifer said. People out here, they group up, she said. They tent up, they camp up, so they don't want to be part of, they don't want to be they don't want to part their fellow friends and go off by themselves somewhere scary and unknown and stay in a shelter that is not promised how long they'll be there for. So uh, it was an interesting article, and I just got to wonder how many are homeless by choice. Now, if you listen to this article, what, what they're saying is that over half of the people that were, ref- that were referred to something just didn't go. They didn't want to go. So again, how many people are homeless by choice? Well, according to that study, half. Um, How is it that we'll still argue that there's not enough space, okay? They've been sending people to these shelters in the city, and people just aren't going even when there is space. So we keep arguing about whether or not it's a space thing, and it's really what it is, is it's an issue of choices and choice, you know, the choice that people make. Um, and did you notice how fear was playing such a role in it? I mean, again, you're afraid to go into this thing that's unknown in trade for what? In trade for putting a tent up in a place where things are not necessarily safe and things are not healthy. Uh, I think that, you know, you're just trading one fear for another, I guess. Um, What we need is for society to speak of homelessness as the scary thing with negative connotations. Stop communicating that it's that it is shelters that are scary and negative. And that's kind of the the thing that I mean, did you hear what Jennifer was saying here? She continually hears these scary negatives and I'm saying well maybe we should stop talking about them like they're scary negatives. I mean just talk about them like hey give it a shot, give it a try. Uh, the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to go back to the street. That street will always be there for them. And, um, and I think that that's really the scary thing. That's the negative thing. Um, notice that not one of the negatives she mentions has to do with the fear of being taught about Christianity. 
she's being offered all kinds of city things. Did you notice that they were talking about uh, abuse shelters and, and women's crisis shelters and Alcoholics Anonymous shelters, but never once did she mention having religion jammed down her throat. Um, I'm not sure where that keeps coming up in topics, but uh, it certainly wasn't one of hers. So again, um, I don't know. I, I just think that the article was interesting, and I think that it really shows a lot about uh, about what's going on, the talk in the, on the streets amongst the homeless about shelters in general. Hey, our next, our next uh, news article comes from the Sacramento Bee. A Sacramento woman was evicted from a city homeless shelter, and she died in a tent 10 days later. Uh, Tammy Kusain, uh, and, and forgive me if I've botched that last name, uh, Kusain, Kusan lost everything over the past four months. Her wife, Christine, died four days before Christmas. Then her poodle, Toto, died as well. She lost her shelter on February 22nd, too, when the city of Sacramento-run motel evicted her. Ten days later, she died in a tent. Her friends this month are mourning her passing. Christine and Tammy's Christine and Tammy's cousin's death hit the homeless community especially hard because they were well-known homeless uh, homeless activists who worked to raise awareness about the struggles unhoused people face. Now, I'm going to pause there. Are you hearing the framing there? Okay. They're talking about homeless, a homeless community. Trust me, there's no community among the homeless. Second of all, they've, they've changed the topic from homeless to unhoused, okay? And this is bad journalism, and they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be doing this. But uh, they're just looking for language that's politically correct. Anyways, back to the article. It says, while every unhoused individual that passed on the street is painful— the passes on the street is painful. This one was a devastating blow, said Crystal Sanchez, president of the Sacramento Homeless Union. They have a union. Uh, anyways, the, the union holds the city of Sacramento accountable. We demand no more deaths on the street to those experiencing homelessness due to a failed system. Activists are outraged about Tammy Kusan's death because she has been living safely in the city-run shelter program for months. They believed she was evicted because of a minor rule violation, although the city will not verify whether she was kicked out for uh, kicked out or disclosed the reason. Now, um, I'm going to go ahead and pause the article because it's very long and it's very, very tragic. And, and uh, you hate to hear of anybody not doing well. Um, the, the article goes on to make the shelter look like a petty, rule-loving, intolerant, and insensitive organization that simply doesn't understand the struggles of their clientele. Sound familiar? Okay. Um, and here's the thing. Um, here's, this is, this is being run, this shelter was being run by the city of Sacramento, okay? It's not being run by some of those crazy religious fanatics, those gospel rescue missions and, and stuff. Um, so this is now something that, that everybody is taking part in, and this is something that now the accusations are just going wild and going everywhere. It's interesting thing that this was a city, a government public-run shelter, not a religious shelter. The article goes on later to advocate for, oddly enough, more government-run 
shelters, um, which I also thought was very, very strange. Um, anyways, uh, you know, it's hard to talk about homelessness in the news anywhere because it's just all tragic. I mean, it's really everything that's out there. It just seems to be really, really tragic, really, really sad. And, uh, and that's part of the reason why we wanted to do this show is to go, okay, look, not all the news is bad news. And in fact, not all shelters um, run bad things, bad programs. In fact, I would bet that even that government city-run shelter is not bad. I'm betting that uh, the minimization of a breaking of rules when a shelter is trying to make a safe living environment for a group of people, uh, then suddenly a breaking of rules doesn't become just something that's uh, random and petty. It becomes something that's serious when you're talking about the safety of other people, men, women, and children, and you're trying to do something. And I don't know. I think that generally it's far easier easier for the news media to look outside and throw rocks and point at what they think is going wrong than to really understand and endorse and support those things that are going right. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that I, I've always been puzzled by is that the news media isn't, uh, they have the power to, to go fund me, to raise all kinds of funds. They could almost by themselves raise up the funding to, to run any program and fund any program they wanted to. But instead, they just stand outside and criticize, and they stand outside and they look at what everybody else is doing, and uh, and and it's very unfortunate, and it's not helpful. It might make for good, uh, it might make for good headlines, and it might make for selling papers uh, or selling you know web views or whatever. Um, but it's not actually helping the problem. Uh, anyways, okay, well, that's what I had in the news this morning. And uh, what do we got next, Eric? Do you know what's, what's coming up next? Uh, questions about chapel. Questions about chapel. So we've got a little video that we did a while back about chapel. Why do you guys do all this chapel stuff, and what's it about? So here's what I had to say some time ago. Check it out. What is chapel at the Gospel Rescue Mission? Chapel at the Gospel Rescue Mission consists of a Bible study at the beginning and ending of each day, Monday through Saturday. It lasts anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, and all residents are required to attend unless it conflicts with their work schedule. Why twice daily? We believe that God should have the first word of each day and the last word of each day. Given that many residents don't stay long, we want to give them as much information as we can about what Christians believe and why they believe it. We believe it's important to understand why it is that Christians offer support in this way all across the country. What is the content? Chapels consist of Bible study in a variety of ways. Some teach topically, some teach through books of the Bible, others use apologetic materials about the Bible. All teaching must be consistent with the commonly held historic doctrines of the Christian Church. This standard allows for uniformity on essentials and graceful variety on non-essentials. Who can serve as chaplains? Chaplains are made up primarily of pastors or lay leaders with a desire to exercise their gifts for teaching and a heart for a resident population. All chaplains must first complete our volunteer application sign an agreement with our statement of faith, 
and have a local church pastor send a letter of endorsement of them as an ambassador from their congregation. Additionally, all those seeking to teach chapel at our women and children's facility must first pass a thorough background check, which is covered in our volunteer application. What about non-Christian residents? While over half of our incoming resident population readily identifies themselves with Christian faith, it's not uncommon for them to have questions regarding its beliefs, practices, and relevance to daily life. We warmly invite people of all religious and non-religious backgrounds to our resident program. We invite an open discussion about differing ideas and we encourage our residents to practice respectfully listening to people who hold views different than their own. Because we, like all Gospel Rescue Missions, are a distinctly Christian organization, we ask that they not only attend chapels, but also attend a local Christian church on Sundays. Additionally, they may decide to attend a service of a differing religion or a religious organization of their choice. Our goal has nothing to do with forcing conversions or anything of that nature, but rather it's to give residents a thorough understanding of how helping others and caring for the poor and broken are an essential part of the Christian faith. After all, it is Christians that are offering their support and help at the Gospel Rescue Mission. We're back, we're live, and now you have to act like there's no cameras around and everything and act like it's perfectly normal, right? You good? Are we acting? There you go. All right. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So the big question is, uh, and this is, this is a tease to my friend Austin Abbott, uh, is the Seattle Seahawks the best team in the NFL? I don't pay attention to it. Yeah, me neither. I don't know. Sports. You don't watch sports? No. See, nobody cares, and that's the best thing about it. Nobody cares. All right. <laughs> well, um, so I am here with Etzel and Joey. Joseph? Joe? How do Joey. You know? Joey? Joey works? All right. All right. You know, one of my best childhood friends is named Joey. So, um, although he doesn't like going by Joey anymore, but I always think of him as Joey. <laughs> so, it's all good. He goes by Joseph now. If you're watching, Joseph... This one's for you. Um, and Itzel, how long have you been at the, at the Gospel Rescue Mission now? Almost six months. Almost six months. Yeah. Okay. And Joe, you've been here for? A month and a half. Okay. Going on two months now. Okay. So different time spans, different times, you know, uh, lengths of time. Um, and uh, so let's start. I'm just going to work it this way. So Itzel, can you tell me a little bit about how you got here? Um, I mean, you don't have to give out any gruesome details or anything. But. Uh, a lot of family problems that did not go as I expected. And staying in a car, and then someone told me about this place. Not very great things, but okay. I still tried it, and they were wrong, basically. But okay. <laughs> I don't know. I like it, so it's pretty cool. So when you say not very great things, and it doesn't, again, it, this stuff, I've, I've heard it. For, I've been here for over 12 years now, and I've been hearing it for years, uh, you know, the, the not-so-great things. So it doesn't offend me, you know, or, or anything, but I'm just kind of curious what kind of not-so-great things, and, and what kind of a person, was it another homeless person that told you not great things, or was it something? Technically, someone who's been at the mission for like maybe a month or something okay but uh she it was a while ago mm -hmm. and she mostly just had problems with rules or church things but i mean i don't really find it that hard to do mm -hmm. so i don't i don't i just don't pay attention to what she said because right. it didn't make sense at all once i tried it so yeah you gave it a shot 
you tried it, it, and here you are. Yeah. And um, now you are currently serving as an RA for the ladies' house, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, I hear, I mean, Monica's, you know, really pleased with, you know, just how you're doing, your progress here and everything. Now, you have a little one with you, right? Yeah. What's his name? Her. Her name? Sorry. Ava. I'm sorry, Ava. Boy, if she's watching right now, Ava, I totally f- apologize. <laughs> so, um, and uh, and is she in school yet? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's in first grade. First grade, that's right. She just turned seven or mm-hmm. eight? Seven. Seven, okay. And uh, man, oh man, uh, what a fun, what a fun time. Well, um, now... In a house like this with, with rules, you'd heard all these hard things about rules and, and how harsh it was and the church stuff and, and everything. And you say you don't find it that hard. I mean... It's not, honestly. You just have to communicate with people, and it's a lot easier. It's basically like a big family. Yeah? So I like it. We usually get along a lot, and it's not that hard to get through everything. I always hear, like, you know, girls' house sounds like it's fun right now. You got it kind of is. Good thing. Yeah? <laughs> I say it is. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Now, Joey, you've been here for a, a month and a half, month, month and a half? Yeah, 47 days. 47 days, days man. Uh, tell me a little bit about what kind of brought you here. Uh, I definitely thought a change in location would help give me a better life or help me live a better life, and... Uh, one night, I just spontaneously bought a plane ticket to Medford, Oregon. Had nowhere to go, last 200 bucks, and started Googling where to stay. And I found this place on the second. First one was Rogue Retreat. Yeah. This was my second option, and I got to check in here. Okay. And um, so you really hadn't heard a bunch of negatives about the place or anything like that. You just were like, you thought, well, I'm just going to Google it. Which is no great. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so far, I mean, the stay has been what? A great learning experience. Yeah. I've gotten to be around a bunch of men who want to get themselves off of the, the bottom of the hole that they've gotten themselves into and into a better place in life, and so do I. And I think as long as you want to get improve yourself, this is the spot. Really? All right, all right. And, and you think that you, you're saying like, that seems uh, like common with the other guys. I mean, are you finding that that's kind of a common experience as you're talking with the other guys? I find if you want to better yourself, yeah. then this is a better spot or place. Yeah. But those who have difficulty with rules or just want to make it their home and stay for a weekend, it's a little bit more difficult for them to stay. Yeah, yeah. And you say you came from out of the area. Where did you originally come from? Huntington Beach, California. Wow. Wow. And, and sometimes, I mean, that, that kind of is the, the thing, you know, it's just like, I just need a change of environment, you know, because maybe my own environments become pretty toxic, right? And, uh, and is, there, is there a lot of homeless people there in Huntington Beach? Oh, yeah, it's well known for it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd seen some videos, but uh, you always kind of wonder. I mean, it's been a while since I've been to Huntington Beach, so, you know, uh, you never know what it's like um, there anyways. So, um, so how long were you homeless before you came here? I've never been homeless before. I've always had a roof over my head. Okay, okay. I would say at night. Okay. So, so that well, that's good. Okay, and then and then so really, what you were just looking for was just a a program, uh, you know, some kind of structured environment. Then exactly. And do you think? I mean, what do you think so far? I mean, if you would say like, 
are there things here that are lending itself to your success right now, and what are they? Uh, just having rules in general, not allowing us to be too free mm-hmm. is good for me. Um, because I like to be too free. I like to sleep in bed all day. But as long as you tell me don't sleep in bed all day, go get a job, volunteer if you don't have a job, wake up on time. And I, I specifically like chapel because it gives me the opportunity to learn about Christianity and read the Bible, which I've never delved into. I've always delved into AA or self-help books. Okay. And this is a new experience for me. Okay. I'm really not pink cloud about it. And you're liking it. Loving it. Good, good. How do, how do you feel about that? I like chapel too. Yeah? Yeah. So I, I <laughs> so I mean, we're all kind of so Greg and Eric are kind of laughing, you know, here because it seems like you know when we talk to people um, in the community, homeless people in the community, uh, you know, it, it there's this there's this weird idea that like we're just jamming religion down people's throats, and and here you two are, you know. Relatively fresh, you know, in, in in your time here, and you're not like going, you know, let me, you know, choke on this Bible bone that somebody jammed down my throat or something, right? So I don't know. What would you say to somebody who says, you know, I need a different life, but I don't want to go to a Christian organization? Oh no! Oh, shudder! I mean, Christian organization. It's not really that bad. I mean, if you're paying attention, it's okay. But I mean, if you end up getting sidetracked and not paying attention, Mm -hmm. they'll just remind you to pay attention and be polite. So as long as you're being polite and not distracting people, it's usually pretty nice. Yeah. I think it seems like like that's a pretty good rule for just about everywhere in life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, (laughs) you know, uh, again, you know, I think I imagine part of the reason we do these kind of interviews is because I'm hoping that there's that there's another Joey in a cell out there somewhere that's that's maybe Googling, like, where the heck am I going to go? You know, what, what's, what's going what, to, where, where could I possibly go that's going to give me help? And, and I'm thinking that, you know, a town as small as Grants Pass, that, uh, that they may have heard somebody say something negative about us, you know, and, and everything. So I'm hoping that you guys can say something that might, you know, I mean, if you if somebody's watching our video right now and they're thinking about coming in, what would you say to them? Don't do it. Don't Run. <laughs> go, to, go back to Huntington Beach. Right. Of course, of course, we're going to be held to responsibilities or standards. Yeah. We're adults now, so... But this is a good beginning, and it's not too harsh. I like that it's just harsh enough, I think. But yeah. even me, I mean, it never hurts to try it. never so. hurts to try it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I was saying earlier. I mean, the street's always going to be there for you. If, yeah. you're, if you want to go back, you know, you can always go backwards, you know. And, and you know, drugs will still be available. They're still going to be... Uh, you know, if you want to do crime, there's crime out there. If you want to be, you know, uh, failing at life, you can always go back to failing, you know, uh, I, I guess. But you might actually end up winning and turning around. I always hope. I've never had much of a parental figure in my life, even when I was younger. And the men in this gospel rescue mission is, have given me the direction and suggestion that I needed yeah. to get myself up. Wow. Again, and that wow. that was 
something that was necessary for my success. And yeah. So I thank you all for that. Oh, it's I my think, pleasure. I think anybody who comes in is going to need some support, and that is going to be the key thing, is this place gives you not just a place to sleep, food to eat, and some responsibilities to take care of, yeah. but the, the, the wanting for you to succeed. Yeah. You guys want to see us do better, and you want to be our friends when we move on yeah. and, and, and build our lives out of here. So, and that's beautiful. Dude, and I, I can tell you right now, you know, many of my very good friends are people that I met right here. You know, I mean, that, and we, we still stay in contact. I mean, there's nothing more exciting than going downtown and going, you know, shopping at Home Depot or something like that or Walmart or wherever we're, we're at, you know, eating at a restaurant, staying at a hotel or whatever and, and seeing somebody that was an alum from here, man, that, that is doing well. And they just come through and they're like, yes. And we just, you know, we hug each other and we cry and we get all excited, you know, and hearing all the life that, that they now have in front of them, you know, everything that they were asking me for now they can give to somebody else, you know, and, and that's, uh, that's amazing. isn't it? that's, that's all I really want. So it's Sal, what do you think, I mean, where do you see yourself going from here? What do you what do you think mm. life's what are you hoping for life to hold for you? Finding a good job and a nice place to be at. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Getting myself stable. Yeah. That'd be good, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're well on your way. You know, I think your your daughter really needs that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Joey, how about you, man? You got any plans? Any any thoughts? Your director, John's, got me on the idea of a two-year plan, saving okay. up enough money to buy property out here. So that's a big goal, but something yeah. more attainable now than when I was in California with six hundred thousand dollars property prices at minimum. Oh my goodness! You know, I I even say, man, save your money here and buy money, buy buy property somewhere where it's even cheaper than it is here, man. I mean, there's places in the country where you can still buy a home for sixty thousand dollars, you know, and stuff. Uh, unbelievable, you know, and so, but, but again, your life is right in front of you and all that. And, and we have residents right now who were homeless when they started and who are now actually looking at buying homes. I mean, they, they, they have moved that far and it, yeah, it might have taken a year and a half, two years or something to get there, but, um, okay, there they are. You know, we've changed, we've, we've moved, we've walked with them from not being productive to not only being productive, but like thriving, right? Yeah. Not what we all want to do is thrive and, you know, have a life that is the thing that, I don't know, the thing that we're all looking and going, you know, you see people out on the street and you see them driving, a, a, you know, a, a vehicle that you go, man, what would it be like to be able to drive that vehicle every day? Or, you know, or you, you see a, a couple coming out with their kids out of the car and they're going to the park or something. You're thinking, man, I'd love to be able to do that with my kids someday. That's attainable. That's totally attainable. And you guys can have any and all of that that you want in life. And that's a sweet thing. So... Well, very good. Um, now, dude, uh, you said that you had a question for me right at the very end. Yeah, because um, I'm a big fan of Chapel, and uh, it's not from me, but it's from another resident. Oh, okay. um, good. In, in all seriousness, is yeah. Lego Star Wars the Mark of the Beast? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The answer is no, but because Lego Star Wars did not exist when... 
when the uh, Apostle John wrote the Revelation. So whatever, whatever his answer to what the mark of the beast had, it had to make sense to the audience there. Okay, and they would if it was Lego Star Wars, well, uh, they wouldn't have known. It wouldn't have made any sense to them because they hadn't invented Legos yet, right? Good question. Theology right here, deep, profound theology right here at the Gospel Rescue Mission. Guys, I really thank you um, for just taking the time to come in and visit and be honest and be vulnerable. And um, thank you for the encouraging words for your stay here and everything. I, you know, I mean, I guess it, let's do this. Let me throw this out because although that was a really good question and it should have been the it should have been the one the cliffhanger the tail end that that we run the whole thing on. Um, but I, I if you had if you said, man, this is like here's the hardest thing. For me, during my stay here at the at the mission, this is the hardest thing that I wish I'd never, you know, that, that I w- I wish I'd changed this, uh, the rules, those r- rough rules or whatever they are. What would it be? Mm, I mean, it's just getting used to the personalities that you're around all the time, because it's not yeah. always the easiest to get along with. Yeah. But eventually, you get used to it, and then you know, after a month, it's like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. That's good. How about you? Anything? I like how uh, you and Director John had also said that you look for keeping people here more than you look for keep kicking people out. So, for sure. I'm always looking for keep finding reasons to keep you here, man. I mean, I'd much rather do that. I, if we wanted to kick people out, I'd just close the doors, man. I mean, it'd be super easy to do. You know, it, it, it'd be... That's the easiest thing, to find, to find reasons to kick somebody out. You know, we all struggle at times. You know, we all we all have we we have times when we stumble. Um, John is one of my dear friends. I've been I've known John for 16 years, and and he and I uh, have been good buddies for a long, long time. He and I both have seen each other struggle and stumble at times in our lives and, and everything. Everybody does question is, what do you do with it? You know, I mean, do you own it and are you honest about it? Do you confess your faults and, and repent of them? Do you, do you turn around and try and, you know, uh, and try and make it right? Or do you make excuses and blame shift? If you make excuses and blame shift, you'll never find your way out of it. When you own those mistakes, uh, then you, you're going to find that uh, you're going to find yourself, well, doing well, moving past them, not repeating them, right? And that's kind of what we're shooting for. We just look for, we're looking for repentance, man, and say, if somebody recognizes I blew it, hey, I'm, I'm struggling, and they're, and they're, like you said, communicating about it, they're talking about it, man, that's super good. Yeah, we're, we're fighting a war of not of flesh and blood, but of principalities. Of It's a spiritual battle. A spiritual it is. Battle. It, it is. It's a spiritual battle, and and yet our flesh and blood is still caught up in it, right? I mean, addictions are things that are, are attaching themselves to our flesh and blood, in a sense. And and so, mm-hmm. so you know, getting clean and sober, having that time here where you've got a, a, a period of time where there's just no crutches, no chemistry crutches. It's just me. I say no chemistry crutches. I've got my cup of coffee right here, but... Um, but, you know, you're sitting there going, I can survive and deal with life with exactly who I am. And, and know, I know myself well enough to know, you know, what I've got in front of me. 
and and I'm being honest about it, and I'm working on my shortcomings as well as trying to strengthen those things that are good in my life, right? Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that we're, we're trying to do is we get to know you. We're trying to find out where are the skills that you have, what's the stuff that's, that's – um, What's the stuff that's looking good? And then how can we build on that? And then, you know, as we build on that, the other things will start to drop off, you know, and, and along the way. Because, you know, I mean, we didn't come in here so broken that, that you didn't have some skills in some way. You were smart enough to come in here. And that's a good, that's a good start, right? That's a success. So yeah. very good. Well, I sure appreciate you guys taking the time to come in. Um, and, uh, you know, just work your way through the process and, and be an encouragement to other people who might be thinking about coming in. And uh, I don't know, you got any friends and family that might be watching you want to say hi to? Andrew, Mike, get over here. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. There you go. So, all right, Andrew, Mike. We're praying for you. Hey, if you guys are watching this and, you know, I, I, I would ask, um, you know, continue to pray for it. Sal, continue to pray for Joey. You know, I mean, these are, these are young folks that are just looking to, you know, start making the right decisions, continue making the right decisions, pray for their strength, for their favor in God's sight as, as they continue to work to please Him and do well in their lives. And, uh, yeah, thanks, man. Uh, I really appreciate you coming in. Anything, any last words? You guys got anything you want to say? You're thinking, man, if there's any one thing. Uh, you kind of look like you might have something to say, Joey. Thank you so much for Pastor Jack Straw. Yeah? yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. All right, Jack, he's going to love that. What was the thing? Uh, prayer chapters and verses on index cards. I kind of opened the Bible this morning out of random and said, okay, what do you want me to say on this show? And then I opened it to a random page with my eyes closed and just picked the first verse in a, on it. It said, uh, Titus 3, 1 through 3 was, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle towards everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and every day being hated and hating one another. And I wow. thought that that applied so much. Dude, I am so glad we took the time to slow down and not move on to the next segment. And you took the courage to tell me that. That was so good. So very cool, man. I mean, again... The Apostle Paul speaking their incredible wisdom, and our verse today is coming from the book of Titus, too, as well. So that's fantastic. Thank you, guys, so much. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Jack Straw, for encouraging people to do the right thing and to, and to use index cards for memory and stuff like that. He's so fun. So cool stuff. Next is our ministry spotlight. We'll be talking about what's going on at Edgewater Christian Fellowship and uh, some of their ministries here in Grants Pass. We'll see you on the other side. Hi, I'm Matt Heverly. I'm from Edgewater Christian Fellowship, and I'm the lead pastor. The primary goal of Safe Families is to help families that are struggling um, emotionally, physically, financially. Uh, we want to help them put their lives back together and be a safe place to raise their kids. 
So the focus is usually families that have trauma somehow and that trauma is being transferred to their children. And so we sometimes will have the kids hosted away from that family until that trauma is fixed. And then our whole goal is reuniting the kids with their family. Safe Families works by taking five healthy families and surrounding one family that is experiencing some kind of difficulty. And those five families gather around that family and provide hosting, meals, mentoring, coaching, the gospel, and they're walking with that one hurt family until it's healthy. So the book of Galatians says, do good unto all, especially the household of faith. Jesus was remind, remembered in Acts chapter 10. Peter's talking to Cornelius and he says, you remember Jesus, he went around doing good works. So a lot of times we forget that, that the gospel is for the whole person. So by helping families and showing them the love of Christ, it opens a door that we can share about the good news of Jesus Christ. make it work. And we are back. So, uh, man, what an exciting thing. There's so many good things going on here in our Grants Pass area. And I love what local churches are doing, just plugging in to uh, solving problems in the community. Uh, now it is time for our mission rule of the week. Intro scary noise. The Gospel Rescue Mission is a Christian organization and therefore understands gender and sexuality in biblical terms. All residents must dress and behave according to their birth gender and for the duration of their residency at the Gospel Rescue Mission, all sexual expression such as sexual intercourse with others or self is both inappropriate and considered a breach of the covenant contract. So. Long and simple uh, of, the, of this is that really, you, if you're at a gospel rescue mission, the most important thing to be thinking about is leaving homelessness behind. It is our entire focus while you're here. Um, so at this point, things like gender identity and, and whatnot, these are distractions. Uh, they're distractions that you can pick back up after you leave and we've solved the problem of homelessness. For us, what our focus is, is to solve the problem of homelessness. And we're going to do so in an environment where it needs to be safe for everybody that's here. And so what we do is we say, let's stop focusing on sexuality and sexual expression. Instead, let's focus on homelessness, what's best for uh, for you getting out of homelessness, and and that's going to entail... Uh, letting that stuff ride, all the other things that we thought were most important, uh, they can, they can, they're secondary now. Your issue now is homelessness. That's all we focus on here. So while you're here, you're going to be focusing on that, and uh, we just work our way out from there. Um, so uh, that being said, here we are now. That was, that was rule number seven, by the way, and that's the scary rule. I mean, it's not nearly as scary as the art tobacco rule or any of the other things or the leave weapons at the door rule. Uh, it's just uh, let's not express ourselves sexually while we're here um, and focus on homelessness. Sound good? 
It's now time for book reviews. And, well, my teleprompter's not quite working um, all of a sudden, so I'll just read it right out of the book. Our book today is uh, we're continuing on endorsing the book A Failure of Nerve by uh, Edwin Friedman. And the subtitle is uh, Leadership in the Age of a Quick Fix. Here's a, uh, here's a quote from here. This is a quote from page 80 that I've, I found really interesting as he's kind of describing the problems that he sees with people dealing with the wrong problem uh, when they're trying to uh, solve problems in any organization. And here's one that he, that he notes in his book. He says, a group of clergy came to me from one of the major religious denominations and said, we are about to start a project that will raise $50 million dollars for our 500 most troubled ministers, how would you spend it? Seems like a pretty intense question. And, and he said, I responded, why would you put $50 million into your 500 most troubled? You will advance your denomination and our society far more if you put it into your 500 best. And they answered, but we could never raise money for that. Boy, uh, talk about having your priorities backwards. Talk about, you know, focusing on the wrong thing. And he's making sense. Edwin is saying this, that, that what you need to do is strengthen what's good instead of protecting what's bad and not working. And, uh, and to say those kinds of things requires nerve. And there's not many people out that really have the nerve to say what's true and what's right. And especially in, in a culture right now where we just have such this quick cancel mentality, uh, we, we don't want any opposition to anything that, uh, that sounds like um, anger or, or sounds like we're frustrated. Uh, anyways, uh, a failure of nerve, Edwin Friedman, Leadership in the Age of Quick Fix. We will have a link to this book um, at the show notes. And uh, if you're following us, any of the other books that we've endorsed so far that we've talked about. Um, and these are uh, great books that we've just built around that have helped us think through our, prod- our processes here at the Gospel Rescue Mission. And I think that have really helped lead lend itself to our good results. Um, and so uh, anyways, that said... Let's look at our final thoughts. We'll probably be changing our title on this from final thoughts to what does the Bible say about homelessness? Um, And the good news is the Bible has lots to say about it. In fact, our verse today comes from also from Titus chapter 2. And although I don't think it was as good as Joey's verse that he brought with us today, I think it's still awesome. Uh, Titus, the Apostle Paul, speaking to Titus, chapter 2, verses 6 through 8 says, Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned and so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. I mean, the truth is, is that what we're trying to teach here in, in, um, in the Gospel Rescue Mission is self, self-controlled behavior, um, being a model of good works. And good works 
includes that word work. It's work to do these things. It's work to work to, to, to do good things in your community. It takes work to do good things in your family, in your life. And, uh, and we want to teach and show these things with integrity, dignity, sound speech uh, that just can't be condemned. Our hope is that that's what we're teaching here, and, and that way we're not constantly um, creating a revolving door that just leads back out to homelessness. You know, failure to do these things, this is, this is Christian behavior, and it should be simply American behavior. And, and it, at one time it kind of was. And, and so what's happened is we're seeing this increase of homelessness because we've drifted from Christian values, from godly values, from biblical values. And here's a way that young men were always encouraged to live their lives. The apostles taught us to do this. The prophets taught us to do this. The psalmists and the, the wisdom writers of the scriptures taught us to do this. Jesus taught us to do this. This is the way that Jesus would have us live, as, as wise and self-controlled, as people who, who are models of good works. That's the way we ought to live. So what does the Bible say about homelessness? This is what the Bible has to say about the things about living life. And don't live your life the way the Bible tells you to live your life, and it will lead to things like homelessness. It will lead to folly. It'll lead to error. It'll lead to uh, poverty. And what we don't want to do is see that increased and continued in our, in our country and in our neighborhoods uh, anymore. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, this, this has been a, a great time. It was a great talk with Etzel and a great talk with Joey. And, and uh, what a neat time in our lives to get a chance to visit and see how they're doing. If you found this to be a good conversation, would you do this for me? Would you subscribe to us in the subscribe uh, section of either Facebook or particularly YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. That helps us. That helps the YouTube ag- algorithm know what people are interested and in, that there's something here to be paying attention to. Uh, and that's really good. Like us, share us with your friends on Facebook. And uh, it's another way of getting the word out. And it's another way of doing it that doesn't cost us anything, but actually uh, lets people know that there's good things going on uh, in, the, in the area of homelessness. It's not all gloom and despair. We don't have to see it continue to increase. We can see it decrease when people start following the right ways of going about ending homelessness. God bless you. I hope you have a great week. I hope this was fun for you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Monday on Mission Live.